Welcome to your July Investor Update, now also delivered as a podcast. I'm Grant Warnock, Marketing Director here at Nutmeg, and I'm joined in the office today by our Chief Investment Officer, James McManus. Hi, James. Hi, Grant. James, equity markets had quite a strong month in May, where bonds had a fairly poor month. How did equities and bonds perform in June? Well, June saw a reversal in the fortunes of some asset classes, but global stock markets continued to march higher their fifth consecutive month of gains. Developed markets delivering returns of around 2.3% in local currency terms ahead of their emerging market peers for another month in 2021. Now, the standout performers in developed markets were the Swiss equity market alongside the growth-centric NASDAQ index, while smaller companies in both the UK and Europe delivered negative returns and UK stocks as a whole struggled to keep up with their developed market peers. Turning to the bond market, you know, government bonds had their best month in quite some time after losses already suffered this year. UK government bonds returning around 0.7% for June, actually their best monthly return since December, and US Treasuries offering returns of around 0.8%, their best monthly performance since July last year. Elsewhere in the bond market, investment-grade corporate bonds offered investors returns of just under 1%, whilst riskier high-yield bonds offered returns close to 1.4%. But two assets that didn't perform as well in June were gold, which fell around 7% on the month, and the pound sterling, which weakened just under 3% against the US dollar. Thanks, James. And what were the main drivers behind market movements in the month? Well, in a month that saw losses in gold and gains in the US dollar and government bonds, you might not be surprised to hear that one of the biggest drivers behind market movements has been central bank communications and the persistent topic of inflation. In the US, the Federal Reserve published its latest assessments of the US economy, surprising investors somewhat by increasing their projections for the level of inflation this year and suggesting a more advanced schedule for interest rate hikes than had been previously communicated. Meanwhile, the Fed's preferred measure of inflation grew to 3.9% for the year through May. Now, government bond assets have remained volatile in June as investors digested the Fed outcomes, but ended June actually stronger after medium-term inflation expectations tempered on the back of the Federal Reserve's narrative. Now, the big winner from the Federal Reserve reaction was the US dollar, rallying back towards its highs for the year against major currencies such as the pound sterling. Now, currencies tend to strengthen with the prospect of interest rate rises, but with the Fed officials at uh, odds to stress this remains some time away, and with the Bank of England likely to be ahead of their US counterparts in raising interest rates, we remain positive about the medium-term prospects for the pound sterling. James, June was supposed to mark the end of lockdown measures in the UK. But with rising cases, there was a four-week delay introduced. How has this impacted markets, consumer confidence, and the economic outlook? Well, I mentioned the Bank of England before, and they too have been revising forecasts upwards, both for growth uh, and also inflation this year. The extended activity restrictions in some sectors of the economy really are unlikely to have a material effect on that rosier outlook, where the Bank of England actually now expects a recovery to pre-COVID growth levels in 2021. And despite Bank of England expectations of inflation now a full percentage point higher than their target for later this year, much like their US counterparts, again, they've really been at odds to stress their belief in its temporary nature, its relation to temporary mismatches in supply and demand, and they're signaling a patient approach to raising interest rates. 
I think when we look at the UK economy, there's actually much to take comfort from in the recovery so far. The labour market appears to be relatively robust with improving confidence, job vacancies now back above pre-pandemic levels, and participation in the furlough scheme is falling strongly as, as that comes to an end. And activity indicators in both the manufacturing and services sectors continue to show expansionary levels. And at an aggregate level at least, household balance sheets appear in good health, boosted by higher house prices, stronger savings rates. That said, June has been a relatively poor month for UK equities, which have largely underperformed their global peers this year, and we haven't yet seen the outperformance of smaller, more domestically focused UK equities as the UK economy has reopened in 2021. Against that market backdrop, how did the Nutmeg fully managed portfolios perform during June? Well, June was a relatively strong month for portfolio returns, capping actually what has been a strong second quarter in 2021. So for our fully managed portfolios, this meant returns of around 0.4% in our lowest risk portfolios, 1.3% in a typical medium risk portfolio, and 2.4% in our highest risk portfolios. And given everything that's happened lately, have you made any changes to not make fully managed portfolios? We made two changes in the month of June to fully managed portfolios. Firstly, we added Japanese equities in our medium and higher risk portfolios at the expense of Asia Pacific stocks. Now we've long held an underweight in Japan, but the market has underperformed its global peers significantly year to date. And so we've begun to rebalance that position. Secondly, we took advantage of the rally in bond yields to further reduce our government bond exposure. Whilst policymakers remain cautious about the outlook for interest rates, the strength of the economic recovery makes normalisation of policy an inevitability. And we look for higher bond yields by the end of the year as conversations about the reversal of extreme policy measures advance. In June, we announced the next chapter of the Nutmeg journey, with plans to be wholly acquired by JP Morgan Chase. Can you tell us a little bit more about what this will mean for our clients? Absolutely. So for the best part of a decade, the team at Nutmeg has been focused on building a truly inclusive wealth management business that through technology has democratized access to high quality, personalized investment solutions for our clients. Now, earlier this month, we announced that subject to regulatory approvals, Nutmeg will become part of JP Morgan Chase. For our clients, there's no change in the products or services you currently enjoy, and the entire Nutmeg team will remain with the business and continue to help our clients to achieve their financial goals. And in the future, with the backing, support and investment of JP Morgan, Nutmeg will continue to enhance and develop our products to help us better serve your financial needs. But importantly, all of us at Nutmeg will continue to strive every day to ensure that we deliver the highest possible service to you as we help our over 140,000 clients reach their personal financial goals. Thanks, James. Thanks, Grant. And thanks for joining us. If you have any questions for James, the investment team, or something you'd like answered in next month's investor update, you can contact us via social media, email, or in the comments section below this video. We look forward to seeing you next month. More information about this update is available in the description. As with all investing, your capital is at risk. The value of your portfolio with Nutmeg can go down as well as up, and you may get back less than you invest. Past or future performance indicators are not a reliable indicator of future performance.